Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Matt from the Sports Commute. Uh, of course, we are here at Watkins Glen. I don't know what else to say because, you know, we're just here out at the campsite. Arguing about burgers. Arguing about burgers. So, so for those who are listening, um, so what we're what what's the argument here? The condiments or cheese? So, you asked for the cheese. Like, oh, did you? Does your mom still wipe your ass? I got one hand. It's supposed to be on there melted already. Yeah, you're supposed to melt the cheese. Well, maybe I'll melt it for myself. Man. Assemble your burgers. Our new friend Chris has the right idea. That's crazy. Had to go kill the cow. Chris, I never asked you. What's your last name? My last name is Collins, but you'd never guess how to spell it. C. No. There's a K in there, isn't there? K. All right. You got one. What? A. Yep. Oh, no. Double L. Nope. One L. Yep. O-N. What? I-N? Nope. I-N? Nope. What the hell? Double I-N. Nope. Did I say A-N? You did, but that's not what it is. E-N? No. I said E-N. You said E-N? Is it apostrophe N? It is not apostrophe, no. Just the N. K-A-L-N. Yep. What? S. Nope. Oh, there's Not more? There's more. <laughs> <laughs> you got the hardest part. I'll just phrase it that way. K-A-L-N-E. Nope. Two N's. Nope. Colin. Top. It's not a Z, is it? Nope. Come on. That would have been hilarious. K-A-L-N. X. Make it just, you're overthinking You're way overthinking it, buddy. You're way overthinking it. S? Nope. Didn't you just say S? I don't know. I said X. Oh, X. Like it sounds. Like it sounds. Collins. Z. That's not a Z. We said Z already. Yeah, we said Z. No, like, you got the hardest part. So the N is a silent. (laughs) It's a silent N. So now you just got to finish it how you normally would think you'd finish it. I'm not good at finishing stuff. So the N is silent. It's just a random N? Mm hmm. And then it, what, INS? Yep, there you go. What the? <laughs> what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so um, that's some that's some Norway, not Norway. Um, so uh, yeah, my my great grandfather, or I guess yeah, my great grandfather, he immigrated here from a small Baltic country. Oh. Called Latvia, which is right by. Oh, I've heard Latvia. Yeah. Yeah. Our um, the town I live in is named after the main city in Riga. Latvia. Riga. Yeah. Riga for us, but sure. Riga. Yeah. yeah whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they lived in a small town called Yermola, which is just right, I mean, Latvia is not very big, but, um, but yeah, they came over through Ellis Island, and the yeah. Latvian language has, like, characters above their letters, so oh. they got rid of the characters and just said, this is how you pronounce it, so the first N is silent. Interesting. Yeah. I would have never guessed that in a million no years. No. Yeah. So. Butchered all over the place. I was, yeah, I was just saying. I mean, so, it's easier to say. But it's just like, what? How do you spell that? Well, anyways, to reiterate, this is Chris Collins, uh, Check It Flag Chris. Yep. Uh, you've been going around all year, all season, uh, to every NASCAR race? Yep, yep. Started in, uh, started at Daytona, and then we'll finish in Phoenix. Now, did you stay for both weeks in Daytona, or did you just go for the race? Um... 
both weeks. The clash was over in LA, so I didn't go to the clash. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so the clash I did not go to, and I didn't go to the Texas Salsa race. So those are the two races I didn't go. Salsa race is a joke nowadays. I mean, I'm sure we can argue about that all day, but God. I'm not going to argue with you on it. It was, uh... It, it's like... I don't even know. Like, I don't even watch anymore. I used to watch yeah, all the ones at Charlotte. That was one of my favorite ones mm -hmm. because it was honestly good at Charlotte. I mean, but it was a different time. It was, geez, how many years? Six years ago? There's a lot more different drivers and a lot of different teams and different things. I mean, but now it's just like, what What can we do to make it different? But when it doesn't have to be different. Yeah, it's basically just the same 20 guys. Same 20 guys, some random rule change, um, whatever it is. But anyways, getting back on topic. <clears throat> so what's your favorite track, Ben, that you've been to so far in the season? Sure. So the, my favorite race I've been to so far, speaking of Charlotte, was the Coke 600. Mm -hmm. uh, it's my first time ever going to the Coke 600. And obviously a 600-mile race, you're kind of – hunkering down for a, a long a long race and obviously the racing at charlotte hasn't been great prior to the new car uh but then the new car came out and the mile and a half tracks are putting on fantastic racing and the race at charlotte was absolutely fantastic i think it was the longest race ever from a distance perspective and maybe like a time perspective i'm not sure about the time but it's like 628 something yeah uh but it didn't feel like a long race. Like the race today felt longer than what the Coke 600 felt like. Sure. So in my opinion, like if time is just flying by, like that is a very easy way to tell if a race is good. I mean, I've got other criteria, but something, you know, I, I think, so like how I judge my races, like when I'm going to it, I'll judge it based off of, I think five. So side-by-side -side battles, Attrition, comers and goers, entertained, and then there's one other that I'm forgetting. But I'll kind of look at those like metrics and just in my head think about, all right, this is the this is a good race, this is a bad race. Mm -hmm. Oh, strategy's the last one. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's how a lot of people I assume judge races. Like, if it's just a single file choo choo train race, then it's not it's not good. Like the the past couple Daytona 500s. I mean, I love that Daytona 500 kicks off the season. It's always a very good race. But when sometimes when they're just single file, round and round and round, it's just like, what's what's the point? There's no action. I mean, I love action, and it's just. I hear what you're saying. I mean, honestly, like I, so before this year, I had never been to a super speedway race. Mm -hmm. I went to the Bush Clash when it was back in Daytona when I was like five, so I don't, I don't count that. But this was my first Daytona 500. It was my first time being at Talladega, and I will tell you that those races I actually particularly don't really enjoy at all. Yeah. Because of that, I mean, generally it's uh, side by side for the first stage, then a big wreck happens, and everyone just rides around single file for the next how many so laps, and the last ten laps are exciting. They're just nuts. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's just a difference between the different courses. Road courses have always been exciting to me because it's more of the back of the stereotype of, oh, NASCAR only goes left. 
Mm-hmm. You hear that all the time. That's always the thing. Like, you watch a sport that goes left. I'm like, well, yeah, sure, they go left. But it's a lot more interesting than just going left. There's yeah. courses that go left and right, and then there's the strategy. There's all the things that they do and how these guys are athletes. They sit in a 120-degree car with fireproof and a lot of heat. He knows. He raced cars. He knows how big of a pain in the ass that was. It was just micro sprint bikes. Still. It's still, you have a lot of things on it. It gets hot. It's not like us here with shorts and a short sleeve shirt. They can't wear those things. Mm-hmm. you got to actually protect yourself. I mean, we've seen terrible crashes. We all have. Every, every single one of us. I've done it. He's done it. Seven times? Seven times? Yep. Really? One flip or seven different times? One flips, one crash, <laughs> seven flips. But, and sideways? And sideways. She did a little skippy do, huh? So now I'm trying to uh, match how the drivers feel inside the cars by wearing a Chase Elliott winter jacket. Idiots. <laughs> you wearing a Chase He was wearing jacket? his jacket. Today? I bought, I bought Today. it last night and I was wearing it around the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, we were kind of like, you know, I'm sure you got plenty of looks, didn't you? Huh? You got plenty of looks at you, didn't you? plenty of people asking me, how the hell am I living? Hey man. Um, but yeah, tomorrow's gonna be worse. I'm gonna wear that and overalls. Oh no. You're gonna wear both? Yeah, I'm gonna. You're wear a crazy both. man. Oh no. Don't do it to yourself, man. No, no. Well, I mean, I'll take the. I let overalls are very. Uh, they let air in very easily. So if I get too hot, I'll just take. I know, the but it's off. denim. I see <laughs> people wearing jeans all the time, man. I'm just like, how do you? How do you? How do you do that? How are you? Oh, I, I have to for work, so for me it's kind of, yeah. But, I mean, for something like this, it shouldn't be that bad. I wore them yesterday without issue. We wore them yesterday when it was, like, now. Fair. And we were just walking and not sitting in aluminum bleachers. That's true, but I was also drinking, like, a lot of water today. Hey, you were bad. drinking a lot of bottles of water, which should save you. with the jacket on, I didn't even feel... No, you looked... Surprisingly, I thought you'd be... Yeah, Sweaty, I thought, I thought you were clean. Um, anyway, we're getting we're getting well, we're just talking. Well, one, one thing about the weather, though, that is probably one of the hardest things of going to every single race is always having to keep up to date with the weather. So, like, you will go to like 90 degree weather and you will sweat, and then you'll go to a race at where it's like 70 degrees and you're freezing, <laughs> and that is probably one of the hardest things, honestly, about this. And I mean, how about like you go from the, the west coast to the east coast. How about the time? How do you adjust to those things weekly? Because, I mean, one week you could be in California, and the next week you're in, I don't know, let's... Yeah, it's a good question. Say, uh, I don't know, middle of the country. Yeah. It's a yeah. different time zone. Yeah, that, really the, the drive from Daytona to California was weird because I was going through a different time zone essentially every day. Uh, luckily for me at kind of recently everything's been really in the eastern time zone mm-hmm. uh we had indianapolis we had michigan we had richmond and now we have uh watkins glen, watkins glen. yeah we're gonna go to daytona that's yeah it's east coast yeah darlington that's then, east coast yeah and then i go to kansas so going that's, to kansas yeah. will be the first time i go back to the central time zone. yeah sure but um a couple times during the season yeah you got your uh you got your time a little mixed up mixed up <laughs> 
it's going to get a little weirder for you because you're not going back to uh, the Pacific time zone till November. October. I will be there for Las Vegas. Uh, that's right. Las forgot Vegas about Las Vegas. Playoffs, yeah, right? yeah. Then you leave, come back for Phoenix. Um, Phoenix, or well, not Phoenix, it's the city. Arizona um, doesn't do daylight savings. Okay. So whatever time it is over over in California, um, it will not be the same as Phoenix. That's exciting. Yeah, I know. So it'll be like... <laughs> It'll be only two hours or something like that. Yeah. It's either two or four. Either way, it's not going to be fun. Yeah, that. So I, I guess, like, you know, I will – I am cheating a little bit with Las Vegas. So how the, the schedule was – how the schedule goes is it's going to go to the Charlotte Roval. Then it goes to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to Homestead. And yeah. And so, yeah, I'm not – I'm not going to drive across the country – Oh, for Vegas? Weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah no. So, um, my uncle lives down in Florida, so I'll fly out of Florida. There you go. Spend the week in Vegas in a hotel and then fly back and then go to the race in, at Homestead. Yeah. I mean, at the time, you would have spent, what, that's 33 weeks in in this truck? Yeah, I mean, approximately. I mean, I have, like, I've definitely, like, I've gone home a couple times. I, I wasn't there for the All-Star race, so I was home for that. Um, but, but yeah, this, this stretch is 14 weeks in the truck so because i live in wisconsin i stayed there after india went to wisconsin stayed with my parents and then we all drove to michigan and then that was the start of the 14 weeks of on the road right yeah so. i don't think anyone would fault you for being like that is <laughs> like so unnecessary i'll just fly yeah like i i just think it's crazy to me for like how you go from both sides of the country and just drive like it's I know I drove the so vacation to Tennessee. I went to the Nashville race um, for vacation with my family, and that ride was just it dragged. How long was it? It was what? It was eleven hours, I think. Uh, Dan, twelve would be eleven if you didn't cross time. Zone. Yeah, so it was twelve hours. I mean, we stopped in between, but still, it just. I mean, I'm sure it's different for when you drive. Yeah, how many days was it? How it was a day. We did it in a day. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm sure some of the other drives that you have to make, you, I'm sure you have to stop, don't you? Or you just go? Yeah. Um, so I kind of have a hard, steadfast rule that I will ch- maintain either eight hours or 500 miles, whatever comes first Okay. of driving. Yeah. So that's, that's the most I will do. Luckily for a lot of these races, uh, they're not... They're not Daytona to California. I mean, that's 2,500 miles, so you had to do 500 miles every day, and then that would just get you there. Um, You know, a lot of them are, like, shorter. Like, this one upcoming next. So, Watkins Glen to Daytona is about a 19-hour drive. So, I'll probably split that into four four different days, six hours each day. That's not too bad. You know, get up at 8, drive for six hours, maybe stop at 11, lunch, workout, so you're getting in to wherever you're going to be at round four. Like, that's reasonable. Yeah, I see that. That probably, that makes it a lot easier in my mind because I would not be able to one-shot that. No. It'd be probably, at least for me, like a two, three-day trip, but that's still just a lot of driving. I yeah. mean, with how, I mean, think about it now with all how these gas prices are, how different it is in every different state. Like, here, it's... I think 430 here but in like california i don't know what it even is like six seven bucks yeah like was, 
that was a really hard thing to stomach right away. So when I left Wisconsin, that was three twenty a gallon in. I left on Valentine's Day, so three twenty in Wisconsin. When I got to Daytona, it was three sixty. But I'm pretty sure Daytona like increased their prices just in the Daytona gas stations. Sure. Uh, have you guys ever been to a Bucky's before? No. No. I want to. I want to. I have. I want to go. So like Daytona got a new Bucky's and Bucky's. Their prices were three twenty. Everywhere else was three sixty, but the Bucky's gas station was three twenty. Right. Um, but how long was the line? Bucky's has like fifty different like pumps. Holy yeah, shit! I mean, they're insane. I mean, I've seen the stores like they're they're like WalMarts. I'm like, that's like, nuts. For us, there's um, up by up by where Matt and I live. The speedway near us is four fifty five. Down the road, ten minutes. There's a Gulf that is three ninety nine, and that place is packed. There's only four pumps. Oh my god! Yeah, hmm. they take cash only. Is that why? The cash is three ninety nine, but it's four oh nine with card. With it's card, still cheap. Yeah. See, that's something that's brand new. Like I had never experienced that before. And so, like when I was driving, you would figure out like some states that like have generally have cheaper gas prices. So Bucky's would always have probably the lowest price. So if I was ever in the south that's where i would try to go um but ohio has really cheap gas um illinois has really expensive gas so Hmm. when i was for gateway i would drive across the river go to st louis fill up in st louis and then drive back across to go to the races in in illinois because it was like a dollar 20 cheaper i want to say holy smoky yeah but but gas has definitely been a been an issue and luckily for me it's it's coming back it's, it's slowly going down. Yeah. I mean, nah, I, if this is a little little too personal, you I mean you don't have to answer, but like, are you like telecommuting to work or like do you just have a lot saved up? Like, how are you able to afford this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't currently have a job. I quit my job to do this. Um, I essentially sold everything that I have. I didn't even own this truck. So I bought the truck, built it out, and went essentially how i got the majority of my money is i bought a house right before the pandemic hit and then sold it right kind of late last year so So you got the big box for it so literally just rode the the uh real estate boom for the good year and a half and made made a good amount of money but I had a lot of money saved up too, so like previously I was a financial advisor, so I mean, I work with people's money all the time. Is this probably the best financial decision that I'm doing? No. Probably not, but still. <laughs> um, but uh, but essentially like, you know, when I graduated college, so I graduated college in 2015, and I started working the Monday after I graduated. So I graduated on Saturday, I started working that Monday. Wow. Um, stayed at my job for seven years and yeah, I was just like, you know what? I, I need to do something a little different. Yeah, sure. I mean, do you have any like plans after you finish this up? Or is this like a mental thing? Like, you know, I'm taking a break a little bit. Let's see what I can do after the fact. Yeah. So I, I guess kind of like the whole thought process behind everything, um, really kind of resonated. Me and my brother went to the Rolex of 24 hours of Daytona. Mm-hmm in january of 2020 so this had been right before the pandemic was a thing yeah right and when we went 
we were looking for any information out there that would tell us where to sit, how to plan out our day. I mean, it's a 24 hour race, you know, just looking for any tips and tricks of, hey, what this is something I can't miss, like this is what I should do, that sort of thing. And there was nothing out there. Okay. And that kind of got the wheels turning about, okay, here's something, here's a gap, and maybe I could fill that gap. So really with this whole journey kind of coming about, my, my ultimate objective was to come away from, from the journey with the deep perspective of, hey, this is some tips and tricks that I'm going to give to other NASCAR fans or other race fans. So when they go to a race, they can have a better experience themselves and not feel so lost. Sure. Or maybe it gives someone the confidence of, hey, I can go to that track that I've never been to before because I know kind of what to do. So that's that's the ultimate kind of big picture goal. Now, is there a big enough market for that? I I haven't seen that to make a sustainable income. Sure, yeah, uh, the, that's fair enough. So um, I guess the, the plan right now is still a little bit up in the air. So come, come November, which is, I mean, it's 12 weeks away. And really when you start applying for jobs, they're probably gonna want you to start somewhat immediately and having three months where I can't start kind of have some time to think about things but I don't know maybe um maybe work in social media a little bit maybe for a NASCAR team uh just kind of browsing some of the NASCAR socials like team socials are not the best uh, I feel like you know I could provide a value add in that area um or something else I've thought about is uh you know, helping NASCAR gain more fans. Like I love talking to new fans who have never been to a NASCAR race, taking away, you know, hey, this is something that works, this is something that didn't work, that sort of thing. So it's kind of all up in the air, but I've got some time to think about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's always good to, you know, uh, don't don't ruin the day thinking about tomorrow. Yeah, but yeah, it's just curiosities and such. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a a very real thing right um if i could travel and go to every single race you know if i could go to sprint cars next year indy car the next imsa another year uh do formula one for a year like yeah i mean who wouldn't want to do that oh, right absolutely. i mean that would be like the dream now is that something that's possible mm, I, I don't know not quite <laughs> i mean I'll, I'll tell you what if there's someone who is able to go to every single formula race in a year i don't even think i want to know them because they're definitely retired and have a rich dollar company <laughs> yeah because the prices i've we've looked into we went to, we were thinking about montreal yeah and yeah. the base was like 800 bucks yeah and that was base yeah there was things that were more expensive and there was more and more and more and i'm like there's no point I can go to a IndyCar race in the same place for ten bucks. Ten bucks. Did you guys see the Las Vegas Formula One? The MG, I think it was the MGM put on. I want to go. <laughs> They're doing like travel packages for like a hundred grand for the Formula One race next year. Hundred grand for a weekend. That's it. That's a house. <laughs> I look at it. I look at it, and um, when they first announced it, I was like, "Oh, this is cool." Um, and Matt and I were thinking about going, and then I kept thinking about it a little further, and someone put a tweet out of, like, 
retweeting people who were very excited for the Las Vegas race, and they were like, this isn't for you. Like, you're, anyone you? who wants to go, can. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a, such a dumb time, too. I think it's, it, it's hard. Because I see Formula One, and like it's a business, right? Everything is a business. So they, oh, yeah. if they can get, if they can get enough of a crowd who's going to pay the money, oh, that's what they're going to the do. People will pay, people right? Pay the money. I, I was more thinking about like TV, right? In Australia, it'll be probably the perfect time mm-hmm. for us, for all of us. It'll be one a.m. for us, and probably midnight for you. I don't know if Wisconsin Central is Central, yeah, the Central. So yeah, 12 for you, it'll be 1 a.m. for us. Which means it'll be 4 or 5 in the morning for the UK. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I'm very curious to see what the ratings would be. I know that I'll stay up and watch it, but it just doesn't seem smart to put it at 10 p.m., on the west coast of the United States. Of the United States, when most of the company is based on European and that area. I mean... Yeah, I just don't know how you'd do it otherwise. I mean, I would... Las Vegas is going to look a lot cooler at night than it will look during the day. Of course. Like, hands down. Of course. Um, and I think that the time zone is, is definitely an issue, but I'm pretty sure, at least for the inaugural one, there's going to be a lot of... you got to go big. Hands. <laughs> are going to be waking up early to watch that or staying up late in our case. I mean, you're talking about Formula One fans. Uh, how many Ferrari shirts did we see today? Oh, Jesus. I saw more Ferrari shirts, more F1 merch. How, how, many, f- how many Finnish flags? Many Finnish flags. I couldn't believe it. Really? You no. saw a lot of Finnish There's a lot. I saw one Finnish flag. I didn't see anybody in a Ferrari shirt. There was a, uh, a Finnish flag right in front yeah. of us. You'll, you'll see it tomorrow is. if you're sitting in Seneca. It'll be yeah. there. But yeah, um, we make fun of uh, Benotto. I mm-hmm. don't remember Benotto the Ferrari, the Ferrari Yeah, Matteo. Matteo Benotto L. We're walking into Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're walking into Walmart. It's like it's, today. Yeah. Today. Before, it was before we met you. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this like 13 year old kid is pushing a cart out with his entire family. He's like from me to Mitch away. And Matt's just gonna looking at him going, Benotto L. Benotto I said it to L. every single one of the Ferrari fans. I'm like, what? It's just funny. Like, I could talk about the Formula One crap all day because, you know. How do you think Kimmy's gonna do tomorrow? What's your. What's your... He looked good in practice because we watched the one. I think he was top 10. No. No? No, he ended up inside the top 20. And in practice? Yeah. Not qualified. No, I thought no. he was pretty good in the practice. He ended up in top I 20. can't remember. I think that's probably where it will end up. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, things can happen. His Stranger car, things have happened. His car sounded like it was acting up halfway through uh, qualifying. It so could have been. I want to see if that was a factor in the race as well. Well, we got all night to fix it because it's not an impound race. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely because where we were sitting, we were sitting on the front stretch, and you see everybody else pit stop. It's clear. There's maybe like 10, 20 people. Maybe. Maybe the crew and some other people, the drivers and stuff. Kimmy's swapped. Probably a hundred people around his pit bar. Like, oh, and you know tomorrow when they open up pit road, it's gonna be everyone's gonna be there wondering where Kimmy is. I don't really. I mean, not that I'm saying I don't really care about Kimmy. He's an outside figure. He's trying to. Only I see what he's doing. 
He's a Formula 1 champion. I get that. That was before my time being a Formula 1 fan. That's not the reason I'm here. I'm here to watch the, the watch and enjoy everything. Like the IMSA. There's a lot of Jimmy Johnson stuff. Jimmy Johnson shirts. Jimmy Johnson flags. And then, like, they're not there for the actual thing. I mean, I get it. You're there for the person, but... I mean, that's maybe it's a little different. It's seven-time NASCAR champion. It's a little bit of both. But, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. I think, it's a, I think it's a good thing for the sport of NASCAR to gain some international attention. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly grabbing eyeballs, and I think that's, that's good. But I, I just hope that you know, some of those eyeballs stick around. Yeah. Right? Instead of a, kind of a, a blip. And then it goes right back to where it was. So hopefully some of those eyeballs tomorrow will at least pique their interest and um, stick around. Seven international counting Suarez. They've got seven international drivers. Yeah. Uh, they got Mike Rockefeller, who uh, the IMSA fans would know. He races in the 48 Ally Cadillac with Kimi uh, Kobayashi and Jimmy Johnson. Uh, Daniel Kvyat, who raced at Red Bull for a couple of races. Uh, in 2018, I think he did 26. Uh, Kimmy, obviously. Uh, you got Loris Heisman. Yeah. Loris, you got Andy, Andy, Andy Lally. Andy Tilly. Andy, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he wrecked in uh, practice or qualifying. Practice. Yeah, I think it was practice. It might have been practice. I don't yeah, remember. But that's still, like, compared to this race last year, Two. Where it was just Suarez as being the only international driver uh, in the field. It's a big step in the. It's like, a big step in right expanding the sport. Expanding it, yeah. Because we all know, if we look at the. Sometimes we look at the numbers of like the Formula One versus a NASCAR race. I don't know how it's been recently, but I know. What I looked at was Formula One's getting a lot of the younger guys, like the 18 to the 25 range. 49, 18 to 49. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a big range. Formula One's grabbing a lot of those people. Mm -hmm. I mean, me and Dan got into it because we watched Strider Survive on Netflix. That's what I'm saying. Then that's how we got introduced to the sport. Mm -hmm. And I feel NASCAR's got to somehow figure out a way to bring those people either over or just bring some people in. Well, this is why Hendrick Motorsports running a next-gen car at the Rolex, or not the Rolex, the, at Le Mans helps. It does. Because John Doonan, president of IMSA, is uh, part of the Le Mans Hendrick team. Mm-hmm. Um, so he helps gather some, some support for it. And I think seeing that will also open up the possibility of bringing fans in to watch. Yeah. I mean, anything that could grow the sport, because we all, we didn't live through it, but the times of the 2000s, and how huge NASCAR was, from what I know of, I've seen pictures, my grand, my grandfather always shows me things of like, a ton of people, there's, the grandstands are filled, there's just, there was a lot more support, like, nowadays, you, you'll be surprised, you're walking around home and you see an asterisk like holy shit that's someone who actually watches the sport and it's just it's a little bit of a different time with uh fandom and going to races and watching the races and 
I mean, if you look at the history of F1, you have it where they were the big D12, loud, obnoxious, and just powerful. And then they brought down to what? Hybrid V6s. And the sound signature died, and the ratings started to crash. And then all of a sudden, now they're bringing it back. With the new car. And you got the kids going into it. And like they were, you guys were saying, the 18 to 49. Look at anyone who has a modified car. We all want louder cars. <laughs> and look at how NASCAR is. NASCAR back then, back in the 2000s, no. was screaming, loud, obnoxious, fire shooting, and just crazy cars to control. And now you're back down to easy to control. I wouldn't say easy to control, but... They're a lot easier than the 2000 cars. I'm sure they were. And they're quieter. Oops. And I think that's where they're starting to lose it. Great. They're still loud. They are they're still, loud. Of course. They still thunder, but they're not the 2000 thunder. You know, Chris, uh, you brought it up earlier before we started recording, so I'll ask you about it because now I'm curious about it. Michael Waltrip interviewed you? What, what, what happened there? Yeah, so um, back in, right before the Kansas race, I got reached out to by Fox Sports, and um, they wanted to, yeah, do a little, uh, I guess, a little TV bit, so I think Kansas, there was an ARCA race going on, so we had set it up for that Saturday, um, basically they said, yeah, like, we're going to do it this time. So essentially, like, I had parked just in a general parking lot. So, you know, where anybody else could park. So free, essentially free parking. And I'm standing by the truck. And all of a sudden, like, three big Chevy Suburbans with a golf cart and another golf cart all just come and just surround my truck. <laughs> and, like, out comes, um, I met Michael Waltrip. He's got, like a, like, a bodyguard. So I met him, talk to him for a little bit, talk to the camera guys, talk to the guy who I was connecting with with Fox Sports. Uh, his name's Devin. He's really, everyone at Fox Sports was absolutely awesome. Uh, and then, yeah, worked with Michael. We did the little bit. Um, I think it was about two minutes that was on that played. So it played on the pre-race before the Kansas race, but Michael was awesome. He climbed in the back of the truck. <laughs> Didn't really fit, but <laughs> that's alright. He's a tall uh, guy. Yeah, he's, he's big. Um, and then yeah, so they did the did the little bit, and they gave me a one of those VIP passes. Oh. So yeah, big shout out to them for that. So got to walk around the garage for the Kansas weekend, just with essentially free reign. Um, that was that was probably that was probably one of the, if not the coolest thing so far that's happened on this trip. Did you get to meet any drivers when you when you went in the garage there? Um, I. I kind of take the approach of they're there to do a job. I don't really want to, to fanboy them too much. I If there's someone I see, maybe someone who's a little bit like a little bit lesser known, I'll say hi to them if they're not getting a lot of fan love. But, you know, hopefully make them feel a little bit like, hey, someone knows who I am, someone appreciates who I am, that sort of thing. But, no, I won't go up to them and start asking for autographs or try to have a conversation with them. That's, that's not really who I am. That's fair enough. I mean, as far as, like, autographs goes, sometimes I feel a little weird about it, because, like, especially if there's kids around, because I'm 
as big as I am, just like, what, 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 the, what does this look like? Yeah. Looks, let the kids go, then yeah. we'll deal with it. Yeah, I, I mean, for me personally, I'd much rather see a, like a little kid get it because I think they would appreciate that autograph more than I would. I mean, I'm sure they get it. Ten minutes later, they're on to the next thing, uh, but maybe something that they can look back on. I just know for me that if, like, if I were to get an autograph, it would just sit on a shirt, and that shirt would never get worn. It'd sit in my closet, and I just, I wouldn't appreciate it as much as I should. So, I don't know. It's just, that's yeah. me. But I'm not really big into collectible things. I mean, do you guys, like, collect die-casts at all? We got a few die I got some die-casts. He's got die-casts? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> them, I mean, them, them not as much. I mean, Mitch, this is your first NASCAR race. Aaron, his I've, first too. I've never first, been to your house, but I mean, so speaking from a, a person that has raced, yeah, one of the most memorable things for me, granted, it was sprint car, so it's not this. It was in a modified car. Yeah, was I, he had to be seven or eight? Came up to me and he just went, "You race?" I went, "Yeah, I drive this one." He goes, I "Have your autograph." Awesome. <laughs> and it was the first kid that has ever came up to me and asked for my autograph, and I thought it was the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. Took a picture with him, and for the longest time, when I had my old phone, that was my background. Was that was my first actual fan? Yeah, and that was the highlight for my season. I I didn't care if I won or lost because when I at the way home, when I had opened my phone for like GPS or something, yeah, that's what I saw. Yeah, and that made my day. Yeah, that's an awesome story. Yeah, that's definitely something. Can I have your autograph? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you bought the Sharpies, man. I did buy the Sharpies. You can put it right next to Jimmy Johnson's. <laughs> <laughs> I, it would look like Jimmy hey, Johnson. Hey, hey, his thing would get devalued. You don't want to do that. That is true. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that. So, um... Wow, I just lost my train of thought Come on. very quickly. Yeah, all right, so this weekend, right, this will go up after, you know, we're all packed out because we can't even post it here. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think it's like, you know, saying where you're staying for this isn't too much of a deal because no one will know. Like, no one will come bother you. But unless you don't want to get on. Where am I staying this weekend? Yeah, it's a state board. Yeah. Yeah. Ask him the question. You don't have to ask the question and answer the question. Listen, man, I do that a lot. Listen, I see that. I embarrass myself in front of Dave Moody today. That was a... Uh, anyway. That um, was gold. Yeah, but you're the one who recommended that place in the first place, so... No, no, no. That's fair, but it's it's more of like... What I was trying to say, I didn't want to just come out and say, Oh, you're staying at Sugar Hill State Forest. Because maybe someone who's you know yeah but you want to shout out that place yeah. for new fans yeah. so if they're coming to Watkins Glen they don't have to pay $300 to camp at the infield or 50 bucks to stay here this or is 50 bucks from here. here they can camp there for free yeah. wow so, shout out Sugar Hill State Forest yeah. yeah anyway that's where you're staying um has that been kind of for for racetracks that are kind of out of the way like um Maybe Sonoma. I don't know if Napa Valley's big on hotels or uh, maybe a place like Bristol. Have you been like trying to find the, the free option, or have you been looking more for hotels, campgrounds? Yeah, so I think it depends a little bit. Um, so kind of what I will plan to do is I will 
So there's an app. Uh, it's called iOverlander. It's called the app name. And essentially, if you download that app, you can open it up, and it will show you what they call like urban camping, which is essentially anywhere you can park for free that doesn't say you don't have no overnight parking. Like overnight parking is not allowed. They'll have campsites. They'll have where you can like dump wastewater, where you can get internet, where you can shower. Obviously, I don't, I don't have any wastewater, so I don't need to worry about that. I don't need internet because I have my phone. If I just want to go to the library, I can go to that. And then um, showers, I just have a Planet Fitness membership, so I can just shower wherever I have Planet Fitness. But um, that app kind of shows me, and I'll try to plan my route to go to either a place that has, you know, urban camping. Maybe it's a, a high, like, urban camping, so somewhere in the city, or maybe it's a trailhead that doesn't have any overnight parking. And then that's kind of how I designate where I'm going to be staying. Um, so, and I guess in this case, right, Sugar Hill is on that app as uh, a free campsite. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is something where, like, most people would think of what you're doing as, like, a retirement plan if they're that big in a NASCAR. At least that's what I, that's how I would think about it, going to every race in a season. Yeah. So... With someone at, at the age of 29 doing that, just thinking about how to plan it, seems at least interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot of fly by the seat of my pants uh, planning, to be quite honest. I probably should have done a better job pre-planning everything, but I think part of like the nice thing about living more of a nomadic lifestyle is you can choose to do something or you can choose not to do something every day, and that really doesn't have any impact um if i want to drive eight hours one day so i don't have to drive four hours two days i can do that and then that'll put me in an entirely different area down the line right and with that comes you need a little bit of flexibility of if i'm gonna if i want to drive a little bit more today i kind of need to be flexible where i'm going to be staying or what i'm going to be doing that day or if i don't really want to drive i've got to be flexible in that nature too so yeah mm -hmm. so uh what are we at, Matt? What? What are we at? We are at 42 minutes. All right. We'll, uh, we'll start winding it down then. Um, coming up, well, actually, I guess you were talking earlier about, you know, how you rate races. Yeah. So how about today? Race today. Um, I guess we'll go down the line. So was there side-by-side -side battles? I would probably say no, be my honest opinion, at least where I was sitting in turn... 6, 10. So, turn 6, NASCAR 6, turn 10, big course, um, outside of the restarts. But that's pretty typical of a road course. Like, all the road courses have been that way. Strategy, there really wasn't too much strategy. I think the only person who did something extremely difficult was Sammy Smith, where he didn't pit after the first stage. He stayed out, I think, and then pit in the middle of stage 2. Um, attrition, there really wasn't any attrition. I guess the only driver who had any type of attrition was Cole Custer, who crashed and then came back. But I don't even know where he finished. He really was never a factor again. He was inside the top ten. Was he in the top ten? Yeah, and with the other two wrecking out, I would say at least eight. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of attrition, but one driver. I don't really. I don't really count that as being a lot of attrition. Like when you think back to the Coke Six Hundred. I mean, uh, the easiest one would be like Kyle Larson who was spinning out 
and then he comes back and he's almost going to win the race and get spun out again. Um, but there were a lot of drivers in that race that had to deal with some sort of issue where they're coming off of a penalty, pit road penalty or something like that. Comers and goers, I think the race was dominated by William Byron, Ty Gibbs, and that was really it. So I really don't think there was a lot of comers and goers. Like there weren't even a lot of lead changes. Uh, was they entertained? I think the ending was a little bit entertaining, but I wouldn't put all my stake in the very end of the race. So I would, I don't know, I'd probably rate there. For a road course race, I would give it about a, a six, I would say, just because of the that's, ending. Yeah, that's fair enough. Well, hopefully uh, tomorrow, especially with you being in turn one, um, You'll see more action. Yeah, there's a lot more side by side because it's a passing zone. Yeah. Um, and well, I mean that's pretty much all for turn one. Well, for you can me, see I'm, up for turn one, turn two into the S's yeah. in the front stretch. It's solid. For me, for me, it's my favorite spot to watch. Um, I'm pretty sure it's his too. I love that spot. Uh, but that seems where like most of the action is. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of like passing and. But that's, that's also the thing as well. I mean, we go back to, like, well, what was your experience at the racetrack? And, and sitting where you're sitting, that's going to have a big yeah. thing on it. Um, what would you guys think about – do you guys watch the race last weekend at Richmond? A little bit. I saw a little bit of it. I mean – No, I was um, – I was, I was locked away. Um, Locked away. I was Prison. in quarantine, so I couldn't. Oh, that's out. right. I couldn't come out of my room to watch. <laughs> so no, I didn't end up watching. But apparently on TV, the broadcast, which I don't get to watch, was really good, which really helped make that race something more than than what it was. Where, like, from my opinion, like me watching it, I thought everyone was essentially on the same strategy. Um, but I, I guess where I'm going with that is. That fan experience is going to be different than what you're going to see on TV, and especially at road courses. Road courses, the, the corner that you sit at, you're going to have a lot different experience depending on which corner. And the one thing for road courses that um, I don't know if you've, you've figured out or not. So the NASCAR app, they have their little package plan. It's like five bucks a month. And that lets you get, it's basically your phone turns into a scanner. Mm -hmm. So not only do you get like NASCAR radio, the MRN uh, radio, you'll get the officials, you can turn it on all scan, or you can go down the line to any driver. And especially for a place like road courses, where sometimes you may not be able to hear the radio broadcast. Like I went out today and bought wireless headphones because I forgot my own, because that's my plan for tomorrow is to listen to the radio broadcast while mm -hmm. we're at the track. Yeah. Because it also helps determine, you know, like you can rent a scanner at the racetrack, but it's 48 bucks, I think, for one. So doing that every week's not great. But five bucks a month and you can listen to exactly the same thing helps. It helps understand, you know, radio, uh, a couple strategies. And like with, uh, with Myatt Snyder today, um, when they... You didn't necessarily see it because it happened in our end of the track. He <laughs> got into that wreck early, yeah, 31. He was just turning laps at the end, and then he came off. Comes back on track, 
with that long, brought-out caution. Yeah. Because he's just dumping fuel onto the racetrack. Yeah. The whole time, he's not listening to the officials telling him to stop. Mm-hmm. And everyone's wondering what's going on. I didn't have my headphones, so I didn't know what was going on. But if I had them, I would have turned on the officials, and I could hear them saying, 31, you know, stop what you're doing. Right. Gets you a deeper understanding of what's actually happening. Yeah. Yep. I just hope the internet works for you tomorrow. <laughs> I do, too. Um, it hasn't in the past. Well, it has in the past, but okay. this is the first year where it is an issue, and it's kind of odd why. Yeah. But if it doesn't, oh, well. Yeah. That'd be a that'd be a really nice thing to have better internet at tracks. There's been a couple tracks that have really good, like Indianapolis, the internet there was amazing. Not yeah. Wi-Fi, but just regular 5G, even with all those people in there, you would never, you would have thought there was no issues at all. Mm. It was well, crazy. It was awesome. For me, I think part of the reason is I switched providers. I used to have Sprint. Sprint would work flawlessly. Mm-hmm. But even for, even for IMSA weekend, I didn't have a problem. Granted, there wasn't that many people. Today, it was real bad. It was bad? Horizon. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I, I would guess that the, the, the tracks that are more into a city are a little bit easier to have internet access to, like a, like a Dover in Indianapolis. Yeah, well, you would think that, though. I mean, I think kind of what my frustration is, is, like, a lot of the times, tracks will have like Wi-Fi that you can use. And the yeah. Wi-Fi works great on the Saturday because there's not that many people. But then Sunday comes around and it just collapses the entire collapses the entire service and you just have nothing. Um, so but with you listening to the app I, I just hope it works for you. Yeah I hope so you can I, enjoy. I <laughs> what are we at Matt? It just hit fifty minutes. Well um wrap it up if you want yeah, yeah we can call it there uh, just gotta remember everything to go through before before i do my thing do you want to shout out your your social media and such um yeah if you're interested in a nascar um you know if you want to see kind of what the fan perspective looks like uh instagram and tiktok is checkered flag chris uh we'll be having a blog coming out soon and then also have started a YouTube channel, same handle, Checkered Flag Chris, that will have more in-depth of my day-to-day shenanigans. All right. Well, uh, thank you for listening to the Sports Commute. You can check us out on... Ooh, I lost it. Wow. There's a lot, though. There's a lot. Check us out on Twitter, at the underscore sportscom, Instagram, at the underscore sports underscore commute, YouTube, the sports commute, TikTok, the underscore sports commute, uh, Facebook, which we don't necessarily we don't use. Quite use. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Snapchat, which we've never used. I don't even know why game. the hell we have it. But Check out right. Travis Butt uh, in the Real New York Hype House. I'll just go through everyone today, eh? That, 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 uh, we got, we got NASCAR exist. Sky. Um, and of course, Chris, as he already had mentioned. Checker flag, Chris. Uh, I think that's it. That's it. All right. That's all. Let's get out of here.